It's an interesting thing that my mother, I don't know the exact number of years, but she was born again and saved for many years before my father, my two brothers, my sister. Uh, But today, my father having passed, but today, uh, all four of the children are in ministry. All four of them are in ministry. And through the prayers of a saint, amen, through the prayers of a saint. And she's right, did have spiritual mothers and... uh, uh, that's what I want to speak on this morning is spiritual mothers, how to be a spiritual mother. Can I be a spiritual mother? What kind of effects can I experience or expect from being a spiritual mother? So father, we go to your word this morning and we thank you for testimony of Jesus. We thank you for the work of a saint uh, that loved and believed and trusted and prayed. And uh, we thank you that we see fruit of that and results of that. But we ask now that you would speak to us and ask now that you would, you would encourage our testimony that you would build our ministries, that you would uh, strengthen our relationships. And Lord, I pray for any prodigal son or daughter that is out there. I just declare and I speak out into the winds, come home, come home, come home, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. And Lord, I ask that your word would, uh, would pierce the hearts today. I ask Holy Spirit that you would speak and that you would not pierce it in a painful way, but in a liberating way. Lord, I thank you for the two that have been baptized this morning. I thank you for the many that will be baptized. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And Lord, we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to say this with you this morning. I want to encourage you to to hold up your Bible. I want you to put it in your hand. And I want you to say this with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can be who it says I can be. And I'm going to be who he created me to be. It was written for me, for my correction, for my direction, and for my soon coming resurrection. Oh, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning to you. Delighted to be with you this morning. This is the highest honor that I know of in my life is to be able to be in church with you and to be able to present the gospel to you and to speak the word of God to you as God has uh, spoken it to me to the best of my ability. Thankful for Pastor Whalen and the word that he brought to you last night. And I want you to know that you are winners and you can be winners through Jesus Christ. There is victory and nothing but victory uh, through Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to encourage you that as we go into the word today to let the Holy Spirit speak to you and let the Holy Spirit uh, minister life to you and minister hope to you and let the Holy Spirit uh, do a marvelous work in your life. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. You know, my mother mentioned something there, and I didn't even think about that when I was preparing for this message uh, this morning, but she said something about having spiritual mothers, and she's my natural mother, and now you can see where I get my squinty eyes from, okay? Now you can see that. Uh, But what a beautiful woman, isn't she? And and so uh, she uh, uh, was my natural mother, but she was also a spiritual mother to me. I'm very blessed to have that and other spiritual mothers. This morning, I want to speak in regard to that. I want to speak in that manner about spiritual mothers. I want to speak to the ultimate spiritual mothers. I'm thankful for Gretchen, and Gretchen is the mother to our our biological children and the mother in love to the ones that have married in, uh, and she's a spiritual mother to many. But I want to go back to the ones in the Bible, and I want to honor a couple of women in the Bible, one being named Elizabeth and the other being named Mary. And I believe that what they, what they initiated, what they started, and where they were of the, of the, the bringing forth, of the, of the laboring and 
birthing the new covenant, I believe we can tap into that and expect that type of experience, that type of result in our lives also. So picking up in Luke chapter 1, I'm going to pick up in verse uh, 20. Well, let's see. I'm going to pick up in verse 25. Excuse me, verse 5, verse 5. And it's talking about uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, and he was a priest. It gives a little description of him. I'm going to pick up in verse 5. And it says that he was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abjah, and his wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. We're seeing some, some deep tie to. You guys remember Aaron, right? It was Moses' brother and established the, the priesthood there. And so she's got some pretty strong lineage, and so does he also, and her other the priesthood. I want you to know something. How do you relate yourself to the scripture and the Bible? How do you really get yourself plugged in and grafted in? Because the scripture says that we are grafted in with who? With the Jewish people, right? Through our salvation, we're grafted into the people of God. But I want you to notice something here. We have also been labeled as royal priesthood. We are a part of the priesthood, okay? So what I'm sharing with you right now is Zacharias and, and, and Elizabeth, and when we get over to Mary, you are part of that lineage. You are part of what's happening there, so you can expect the DNA, if you would. You can expect the culture, if you would. You can expect the blessings, if you would. You can expect the inheritance. This stuff flows down. We're living and serving with an eternal God who is the same yesterday, and he is today, and he will be tomorrow. We just need to learn how to tap into it by faith, by faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Your faith should walk away today more encouraged, your more, more sense of being faithful, more expectant than you've ever been before because the word of God speaks to you and it builds your faith. So here we see that they're both of the lineage of the priesthood. We also know that Mary is related to Elizabeth. So we're going to have to assume and recognize that she's of the order of the priesthood also. Okay. And so there's some something holy. We're of a holy nation, a royal priesthood that is happening and taking place here. Why royal? Because Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. And so it says in verse six, and they were both righteous before God. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinance of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and there were, they were both well advanced in the years and they had no child. We'll get to that in just a second. But I want to point out something here to build your faith. They were both walking righteously. They were both walking blamelessly. Now, you may say, well, I'm, I'm out of the picture. You had me in it for a second. I'm out of the picture. Today's a new day. He just drove away all of your enemies. He just abolished all the destruction that was over your life. You're in, a, you're in the right place at the right time. Right now, you're probably as righteous as you've ever been because you're in the right place at the right time for the right reason. Are you with me? I know there's a battlefield going on in your mind, but your heart is here and your heart is after God and you're seeking God. And here's the promise that I want to put out in front of you. David said this. He said he has never, he will withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly. So we've got something in faith understanding that because they're walking righteously, because they're living without blame, because they're walking righteously and responsible and not blaming their hardships on anybody else in their life. You may be right, but if you start to blame somebody else, you're starting to become wrong again. They have a promise. 
that he will not withhold. But we recognize that there's a child that hasn't yet been born. There's a womb that has not yet been opened. But the promise still stands. The promise still stands. But they were without child because she was barren. I believe there's a possibility that in this room today there could be some barren wombs. I believe that in this room today there could be some barren hearts. I believe in this room today there could be some barren spirits, some people that need to conceive something from heaven that only heaven can give them. I believe that there's a yearning, there's a longing, as it says in Proverbs, that it's never satisfied, that barrenness is never satisfied. I'm here to tell you that God is a God who can and will satisfy. Amen? Amen. So he goes on to say, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So they have a, they have a circumstantial situation. And they have something that's going on in the natural that seems to be impending upon the spiritual. And it could be something that is making them feel like it's not possible. Making them feel like there's no way that it's possible. One good thing about not possible is mean that you're perfectly positioned for the miraculous. One thing about being it not possible in the natural, knowing that only God, you don't need to look anywhere else. You just need to look to God because only God can do what needs to be done. In verse 8, it says, so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn the incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. You need to understand what's really going on here. I've known this story for years, and I started to dig a little bit deeper into it and started to realize there's something in this. What he is getting ready, Zacharias' experience, is the opportunity of the lifetime. Oh, You need to understand, when it says his lot fell upon him, it would be like a lottery, like a draw. They just picked a name of one of the priests. We see there's different divisions because he's in his division. So it's not just his lineage. It's, it's from uh, uh, her family and from Mary's family. There's different orders of the priesthood here. And this only happened once a year. What he's getting ready to perform only happened once a year. And we're going to find out in just a second, it was an hour long. It wasn't the well. <laughs> he's getting ready to have the experience of a lifetime. It's as if somebody just came in and took a name out and said, it's your turn. Unexpected, maybe hopeful, but not prepared, which tells you why it's so important to be prepared at all times, to be ready to answer the call. When you and I are not prepared, we're ill-prepared. When something's ill, it's not complete, it's not healthy, it's not effective. Matter of fact, it might need to be disinfected. Amen? We need to be mindful you don't know. Could today possibly be the opportunity of your lifetime? Could today possibly be the moment in your life that God has planned, that God is saying, this is your hour, this is your moment for that miracle? I wonder how many people have missed opportunities. I wonder how many people have missed appointments that God had for them 
but they were too busy or too easily distracted or not as much invested or ill-prepared for what God was going to do. Well, he's never done this for me. Could he have possibly been ready, but you weren't there? There's a good possibility. It's happened in the natural in our lives. It can happen in the spiritual. If you can be in the right place at the right time, then you can be in the wrong place at the wrong time. How often have you heard that expression? I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and yet something happened. Well, if we get in the right place at the right time, something can happen. Divine alignment. I want to encourage you to be praying for and be mindful of divine alignment in your life. I think about Samuel, the prophet. He was told to go back and get in his bed. He didn't go get in the refrigerator. He didn't go sit on the couch and watch Nickelodeon at night. He didn't go somewhere else. He went and got in his bed, and the voice of God came into that room and said, Samuel, Samuel. And God spoke to him. It's an appointed time. God used him because he was in an appointed time. God used him to appoint people as kings of Israel, to anoint them into that calling being in the right place at the right time. So it was while he was serving his priest, it fell upon his lot to be in the right place at the right time. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside in the hour of incense. So he's going in to burn incense, which represents the presence of God. The reality is it's symbolic. It was symbolic to put these things so it was kind of common. It was a high honor to go in and burn the incense unto God, which would be a representation of prayer, lifting up our prayers to the Lord. But he's representing the people of Israel. This is not his personal prayer time. This is his order, his assigned time to go into the holy of holies while people are in the courts of prayer. He goes in to this moment while the multitude is waiting for that one hour, how specific is this time? What could happen in one hour in your life? Isn't it amazing so often we're looking at the hours to come instead of the hour we're in? So often, maybe not always, but possibly at church that's quite common. We're thinking about it being Mother's Day. You know, one of the greatest revival, the, most, the greatest revival uh, in, in the closest to our period of time happened on a Father's Day. On a Father's Day. Wouldn't that be just like the father to reveal himself on a father's day? I'm sure it ruined somebody's plans. I'm sure the roast or the steaks or something did not get prepared, but I guarantee you the meat he served and the bread he served was a lot better. Amen. My point is this, not to try to stretch you or push you to a, to a, a place that, that would make you uncomfortable now, but take your mind off of what's going to happen in an hour. What's getting ready to happen now could be the most important moment in your life. I got a 30% response to that. I understand. I get it. I have a carnal nature as well. I understand. I get it. Uh, that there's, there's other things in life that are pleasurable. They're fun. I just, want to, I just want to put it inside of you to live in the moment and not miss the movement of what God's getting ready to do. Verse 11, while he's in this hour of prayer, just performing a ritual, if you would, an ordinance, if you would, going through the motions and offering up incense as if it's a prayer. And it represents his presence. It says, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him 
standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Friends, I just want to put over there and remind you, we're believing God, and we believe that God has said that we're, we're moving into a, a, a revival of revelation, where our eyes will be open to see the spiritual matters of God, to see the things of the kingdom, that we would not just be bound by what we see here on earth, but we'll see what God is doing in heaven. He has a revelation of an angel of the Lord with him. Verse 12, and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Let's stop there for just a second. Remember, this is a divine moment. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. The evangelist Steve Hill said some years ago, he says, seize the opportunity of the lifetime in the lifetime of the opportunity. I'm driving a point home. I don't want you to miss your encounter. I don't want you to miss your revelation. I don't want you to miss your dream or your vision. I don't want you to miss the message that God himself has for you. I'm telling you, there's a message bigger and stronger and greater than the one who is preaching to you. It's the voice of the almighty God himself, and his sheep shall know his voice. He said, I just want to let you know, could you imagine... Could you imagine? I, I would probably be in that point and say, which prayer? And then I'd probably say, oh, I don't remember praying that. Have you ever had that moment? Matter of fact, it's worse when you have these kind of moments. Hey, thank you for praying for my family. And you're like, what do I say right now? Because you forgot. We've all done it. We're human. That's why I want us to become more spiritually minded. More, more disciplined to stay focused on God that we don't miss those moments where God is speaking. An angel, can you imagine how important this is that God sends an angel, not just any angel, we're going to find out who he is in a second, to say, hey, I just want to let you know something, buddy. Your prayer's been heard. Your prayer has been heard. Well, let me remind you of where he was. He's doing the, the temple duty. He is carrying out the representation for the people of God. He is a representative for the people of God. But now we find out that his prayer has been answered. Now listen to what that prayer was. He said, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. <laughs> what did he do? He made most of the opportunity. Hey, would you smile this morning? It is Mother's Day, and I'm not going until 2. Okay, that's over. I'm going to 2.30. Now listen to me. You're going to miss it like the older brother missed it with the prodigal son coming home because the attitude in his heart, because his mind was somewhere else, because he had it figured out how it should happen and how it shouldn't happen, and everything was about him. He's representing the people, but he, made a, he took advantage. He said, if I'm going that deep, I'm going to take my one greatest desire, and I'm going to mention it before God, no matter what they have. And the cool thing is, what he mentioned was heard, and what he mentioned was going to bless them. And not only bless them, but bless them, and them, and them, and even bless you. And it's still at work today, because the spirit of Elijah restores the hearts to your prodigal sons and daughters, and your prodigal sons and daughters back to you. 
This is still something that works for us today. This is a holy moment. This is a God moment. This is real stuff. I wonder if we would find the temple. I wonder if we'd find the place of intercession. I wonder if we'd press in with a passionate desire to see God do what only God can do. And believe that it's possible. That it's possible. He appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar. He said, listen, man, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you should call his name John. I don't have time to go into that, but John was not a name that would go to the priesthood. But who's naming this child? In other words, he's reminding dads. I know it's not Father's Day, but he's reminding dads. He's your boy, but my son. I'm giving you something. Children are reward from the Lord. If they're a curse to the family right now, if they're a trouble to the community, but God. You remind heaven and you remind them on earth, you are a reward. You are a blessing. You're a God gift. You're sent from heaven above. There's a destiny upon your life. Listen to this. He said, you'll have a son, you'll call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. My heart grieves. I wish my dad was still here at times like this, because my heart grieves of the pain to hear my mom say, we did not know where he was. It wasn't like we didn't know where he was with the Lord. I'm not really sure where his mind, they did not know where I was. But they had lost a son. But to know that today that she has great joy, that she has gladness in her heart. I'm here to tell you something, mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, that God has a destiny on your child, that God has a plan for your child that is greater than what you're experiencing or not even experiencing right now. He has greater things yet in store. Amen. He said, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice in his birth. He, he said, you're going to be exhilarated. That's what it translates out. He said, you're just going to be overwhelmed with happiness and joy with the son. He's going to bring you and make you a glad father. Verse 13, 15, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. I'm just going to stop there for just a second. And I just want to point something out. That he's starting to get, before he even has the child, he has the promise and the instruction of how the child should be raised. I want you to know something. I think you know this. I think you're in in the same terms with me and understand with me. But, but, But life starts even before it's in the womb. Parenting starts even before it's in the womb. Prepare. I say this about weddings quite often. People plan for a wedding and fail to prepare for a marriage. It's all about the cake. It's all about the dress. It's all about the color. It's all about the place. It's all about this and that. And then they get there and they wonder why they're so so tizzied in the middle of the honeymoon because they failed to prepare for a marriage. The wedding is one day. One day. The gender reveal is one moment. We need to be preparing to parent our children. Amen? 
He's getting heavenly instruction. And I don't know about you, but I think that they're pretty, pretty good principles for, for children. No, no wine and no strong drink. Now you're meddling. No, I'm peddling. You heard a testimony of a woman who had a son who was a drug addict and a drunk. Listen, why mess with something that could possibly mess you up? It all depends on who you want to be with God. He said he should not drink wine or strong drink. Matter of fact, he said he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to say to you, it's very important for you to pray for your children to be filled with the Spirit of God. For them to receive the Spirit of God from God himself. To have that encounter. It's for you. It's for your children. It's for your children's children. And for as many as are far off. And anybody says that it went out, they just booted Jesus out. He still, we sang it, pours out his spirit. Try to drive your car without gas, let alone oil. It won't go far. It'll still be a car, but it won't go far. Amen? He said it would be filled with the spirit, even from his mother's womb. Now, we're going to understand something here, that these, these two boys that we're getting ready to talk about, or these two women with babies here, uh, they're, they're supernaturally uh, initiated. Uh, they're, they're, they're brought to pass. There's a, there's a special, unique anointing on here. But nevertheless, I believe that you can start spiritually preparing your child while they're in the womb. What you sing, I mean, if you, if you eat something spicy, the child's going to have an effect with it. But if you put something spiritual in you, the child can have an effect also. Amen? Even from his mother's womb. Verse 16. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Keep in mind who he's talking to. I find myself in these conversations quite often. I'll be with Gretchen somewhere and I'll be with one of my daughters somewhere. Next thing I know, I realize I'm the only guy other than a toddler or an infant boy in the room. And, and they're starting to talk about pregnancy and childbirth. And, and trust you me, I know enough about it to get in the conversation. But the conversation, I know enough to get out of it too. Okay, to, to leave the room, to, to, to remove myself from the room, okay? But he's talking to the dad. Dads, don't wait till they can play ball. Get in their life now. But get in his presence now. Here's a man in the presence of God. It was his time. It was his moment. And he had to wait this moment out, and he's in the moment. And the angel is giving him instruction how to raise the child. Now, I know some of us may be here right now saying, I wish I would have known that then. I wish I would have had that then. Listen to me, friends. Today's your lot. Today's your moment. Today's your season. He can work all things together for the good. He can do something so marvelous and wonderful that you would not have believed it even if he were to have told you beforehand. That's who our God is. Amen? In verse 17, he said, he will also go before him in spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just 
to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. You know, Samuel grew up in a house where there was a priest who didn't have much vision, didn't have a whole lot of revelation. The word of the Lord was kind of, was kind of a famine in his day and his age. And he had sons who did not live for the Lord, yet they're of the priesthood. Samuel grew up a mighty prophet, super duper anointed, but had two sons who did not live well for the Lord. I think that God is using Zechariah and saying, hey, look, I'm tired of priests who don't raise their sons in a priesthood order. I, I, I want to change things, and I'm going to use you to change it. Is there the possibility? Now, just start bearing with me here. I'll start bringing this to a, to a, to a verge here, okay? Is there the possibility that God may be speaking to us? Not just a Mother's Day message, but a prophetic message saying, hey, church, I want you to get engaged in raising up another generation. Hey, church, I want you to get involved of raising up sons and daughters, the name of our youth ministry, raising up sons and daughters. And I, would, I want you to get engaged in, in, in creations and in creative generation coming up and, and growing up in the Lord. I want you to get involved in the potter's playhouse where I can take them to the potter's shed and I can speak to them and make myself known. Is there the possibility? There is that possibility. He's speaking to us as his bride. The church is a mother. It's a mother because of, of God conceiving a vision from God and carrying out that plan. And listen to me. We're going for the hopeless. We're going for the rejected. We're going for the lost. We're going to reach out to the prodigals. We're going to go to the forgotten. We're going to go to the neglected. We are going to go to those who have not and be what they need to have. Amen. Amen. That's just who we are because that's what he does. He said he will go before him. In the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I truly believe, and about six months ago, I felt a strong impression of the Lord that the spirit of Elijah is coming upon the church again. I really felt strongly in my own personal life that the spirit of Elijah was coming upon my life. For what purpose? To say, look at his ministry, to rename a ministry? No. To prepare a people for the Lord. That is our purpose. And Zechariah said to the angel, he said, how shall I know this? Prove it to me. There's this, you know, that you do not, what you're saying is not enough. Give me a proof. He's questioning the angel of the Lord. For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Can I just sidestep something over here? If you're on my watch and one of my shepherds, I don't want to hear you saying, this is my old lady. That's not respect. Now come back off that soapbox. Notice he said, I'm an old man and this is my wife and she is well advanced in years. Good way to put it. Somebody's got a bruised rib right now. Just trying to help a brother out. So in other words, he is now going back to what was already described about them. The circumstance is legit. It's real. But he's using it to defy what God could do. He's letting his circumstantial situation hinder the possible manifestation of a miracle. He's doubting. 
The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. He didn't say, my name's Gabe. No, 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 it was not a buddy system here. He included the I am because that's who sent him. I am that I am. Listen to what he says. He says, I am Gabriel. I don't know about you, but I want those kind of encounters. I want that kind of revelation. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. Listen to this. He did not say, I am Gabriel who came to you from the presence of God. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. Hey, buddy, you don't realize, I want you to tell you how beneficial we're being to you, how kind we're being to you, how much more we're giving you than what you ask or even think. We're here to do the exceeding and the abundantly and above all here, because what you don't realize, those little fragrances over there are not him. He's here and you don't realize it. I'm standing in the presence of God. You know, quite often, every Sunday, every Wednesday, people gather in churches and worship and dance and celebrate and then have no awareness that he's there. No awareness. Friends, this is his house. This is where he comes. It's where we gather to meet with him. I want you to know he's here right now. But behold... You will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take the place. In other words, we're here to work with you, but we can't let you work against us. This is something God has determined to bring to pass. This is something that God's going to do. And if you can't speak by faith, we don't want you to speak at all. I'm going to say it one more time from over here in case some of y'all have a pretty good right or left arm. If you can't speak by faith, we don't want you to speak at all. No griping, no complaining, no gossiping, no, no, no whining. No, 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 no. Not to see the things of the kingdom come to pass. You can't expect a positive outcome with a negative input. Amen? He silenced him. Left him speechless. I believe that we ought to leave here speechless, except for coming in agreement with what the word of the Lord has said. Coming in agreement. Now, listen, you're going to experience this. You're going to look and you say and get frustrated like I've seen people through the years. They get frustrated with this group or this person or that person, and they don't even want to hear their testimony. You know why they don't want to hear it? Because they're frustrated. They don't have one, and they have one. And they're like, why do they keep having one? I'm telling you right now. They line up and come in agreement. They receive the word of God. They acknowledge the word of God. They pray it. They speak it. They sing it. They believe it. And they're going to get benefited from that. He said, behold, you're going to be mute. Uh, You won't be able to speak to the day that these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Now, I want to just give principle here. You may not believe what I preach, but it's still going to happen. That's bottom line. That's what he's saying. You may not believe what the Bible says, but it's still going to happen. You're not going to be able to stop it. It's a principle off of what's happening here. It's going to happen. 
And the people waited. Oh, let me go back. He said, do not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. You can't hurry it. And there's some things you can't prolong. Verse 21. And the people waited for Zacharias. Oh, we forgot there's people outside, right? And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. Seems like he went past an hour. It seems like a little bit longer than what... Where's... When's he... What do you think he's doing in there? You think he's okay? I'm not going in there to find out. Why not? <laughs> because I'll probably be struck dead. Lingered. Waited. Tarried. People lingered. I see this quite often at the church here. A really good service... Presence of God has been there. People have been healed. Worship's been off the charts. Here, two, three, four hours. I go back to my office, talk to God, make sure that I commit anything that's happened here to him. Speak to me if there's anything that needs to be corrected. Come back out, and they're still here. Just lingering. That's what we call it around here. Whenever the presence has been here strong, people linger here long. These people are lingering around. Why? Because God's in there. They're not just sniffing for the incense. They're living in the essence of the presence. They're experiencing God. What we do in here will start to affect people out there. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision. He who had a revelation, a revival of revelation, a divine appearing, is now the revelation to those who are waiting. What you're experiencing, others are starting to experience. It might be a step behind, but it's in the right direction. Friends, we're here to lead people into his presence. We're here to lead people. So when you have a great prayer time, people are going to recognize when you come out and come to work, hey, there's something different. They're going to see. We talked about it Wednesday night. That the life inside of you is a light to those outside of you. And he remained speechless. Verse 23. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed. Can I remind you something? I'm going to tie back into the first verse I read. King Herod. Those days are like these days. And these days are like those days. Political tensions, difficulties, challenges going on. And now we have over here, it says, so it was as the days of his service were completed. We've got to live this way in our lives. Listen to me. As the days of his service were completed, Gretchen and I cannot quit parenting until it's time to finish. Our our children have passed passed by. We have to be parents. We have to serve like parents. Are you with me? Uh, You and I need to not just let an encounter take us away. We need to stay faithful to God for our service. Stay connected to what he's doing. Verse 24. Now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. 
I believe that I have this on good authority, that God is bringing the church into a season of conception, where we're going to conceive and receive certain specific words and revelations and visions and dreams upon our life, giftings and callings upon our life. She said, after all this, in other words, it was as he said. And I'm here to tell you, whatever he has said in the word of God, it will be as he said. The gospel will be preached around the world. Amen. Signs, wonders, and miracles will follow those who believe. There will be a great outpouring of the spirit of God upon the fathers, the young men, the old men, the young men, and the sons and daughters shall prophesy. It's going to be that way. And he dealt with me. The Lord has dealt with me in the days which he looked upon me and he took away my reproach. She conceived and hid herself for five months. We have a tendency to conceive and, and uh, uh, a word from the Lord and then want to share it with everybody. She hid it. Mary did the same thing. She yeah. pondered those things. Hard. Let's move to Mary's story real quick. In verse 26, Gabriel again shows up to, Gabriel shows up to, uh, to Mary and brings a revelation to her. And we'll pick up in verse uh, uh, 30, 30. And, and it says this, it says, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Notice I use two very common names, John and Jesus. There's coming a new movement in the new covenant, friends. It's not just going to be those of, of that priesthood. It's going to be those of the new covenant. He's reaching people that are not just born into a kingdom, uh, into a people, but they're born into his kingdom. Mary asked the same question in verse 34, but it's how she asked it. She said to the angel, how can this be? She didn't say, this can't be. There's no way, prove it to me. She said, tell me more. How can it be? Not, you have to prove something to me. I want whatever information I need. And she said, how can this be? I do not know a man. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you, and therefore also the Holy One is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, conceived a son also in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for who, her who has been called barren. Now, there's something very important in both of these conceptions. It's the activity of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Don't miss this, please. You too can be overshadowed. You too can be overcome. You too can be filled. You too can be baptized. You too can encounter the Holy Spirit. I'm not just talking about an altar service where something is a 5, 10, 15 minute experience. I'm talking about your own encounter. If you want to have the power, you want to have the restoration, you want to have the package deal that comes from heaven, you must have the Holy Spirit active in your life. Amen? And open to whatever he brings you and how he brings it to you. He visited Mary. Most theologians would agree that she was anywhere from 12 to 16 years old. When she conceived Jesus. We know that Elizabeth was of a well-advanced years. She was older. I truly believe the Lord is saying, I'm getting ready to move upon 
the older generation and the younger generation. They always seem to pit themselves against one another. What's going on in big church? What's going on in little church? Over here. No, he's getting ready to move. It's time. He's getting ready to move. And whether you're older or younger, you can dream dreams, you can have visions, and you can prophesy. You can be a part of the outpouring that God is doing, which is the receptivity, the conception of what he's doing. Something spiritual to happen in you. Mary said, for with God, nothing will be impossible. He says to Mary, for with God, nothing will be impossible. The key word that he gives Mary is do this with God and let God do this with you. He did not say for God, nothing is impossible. It said with God, nothing is impossible. It is no big thing to say, for God, nothing is impossible. But it's a greater thing and an inclusive thing to say, with God, nothing is impossible. Friends, I want to encourage you to do life with God. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he shall and he will direct your path. And then Mary said, like those people at the well say every Sunday and Wednesday, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Hey, over here, Lord, look here. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Friends, when Gretchen and I received a, a, an encounter from the Lord and a prophecy from the Lord, we just, we just surrendered completely to it. And since that day, I cannot tell you the accelerated avenue of which things have happened. Because all we said was, let it be unto us according to your word. Not my way, not her way, not our way, your way. So be it. Amen. I'm in the last verses. Now Mary arose in those days. Now this is really cool here. I think it is. How does this speak to me? The Bible should speak to you. It should not just be liturgical to you. It should speak to you. It should bring revelation to you. These days are as those days. Those days ought to be as these days. So she arose. I think it's time for the church to rise up. She went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah. What I got out of that is it's time to run up and it's time to overcome our hindrances, the hills that are trying to hinder us from what God has for us and not be concerned with them. They might have at one time looked like mountains. Now they're just hills. And it's time to skip across the top of them and get into a city of praise. Yes, that's right. Come on now. Time to overcome your hindrances. Yes. Time to overcome your, your molehills or your anthills. As I said numerous times, it's time to stop telling God how big your problems are and start showing your problems how big your God is. Yes. Uh, listen, I'm going to go back to something. This is divinely unctioned right now. Stop griping and complaining. Stop living off of the proverbs of sour grapes. Stop talking about what happened and didn't happen and why you're this way. Friends, rise up and walk upon and upon, upon the top of the hills and get yourself into a place of praise. Amen. And she entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Hello, Elizabeth. 
Elizabeth, it's me, Mary. It's just a greeting. There's no salutation that says, thus saith the Lord. I've got a word for you. I've got a spiritual revelation I need to share with you. No, it's just a greeting. It's that simple, a greeting. And it happened. Could you imagine living in such days that just greetings brings a move of God? Hello. And the host of heaven comes. The divine will of God starts to function and operate. Divine alignment starts to line up. Just something. I know it's hard to comprehend, isn't it? It is for me. But I'm reading in the Bible. Just a greeting. I don't know how to evangelize. Introduce yourself. Hey, my name's Greg. Whoa. I just felt something. Stuff flowed out of Jesus wherever he was. Life becomes light. I wonder why this person's talking to me. I just prayed this morning that if you still love me, send somebody to talk to me. But, but, but then again, I said that you should, they should talk to me about Jesus. Hey, my name's Greg, and I love Jesus. Just a greeting. Not too difficult, is it? And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. You know, you need to understand something. It didn't, it, the babe didn't leap in a room. It leaped. It wasn't like something bounced it up. It was like it bounced up. There was a movement going on inside of her womb. When, when, when she heard the greeting of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. How can that happen? Then she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. No, no, wait a second. <laughs> you got to see what's going on here. Mary knows what happened to Elizabeth, but nobody told Elizabeth what has happened to Mary. And Elizabeth starts having a little prophecy and a little word of knowledge, and she's like, why am I saying this? And she said to her, she said, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Now here's an older woman speaking to a younger girl and blessing her. Not being intimidated by her, not being challenged by her, saying, all I've got, I'll submit to you because all I have has already been submitted to him. There's divine alignment again. Divine alignment. She said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. You want to know how strange that was? I don't know the direct relationship but I do know this. Relatives know whether you're married or not. And she didn't go, you're going to be blessed among women and then I know, I know it's hard to understand. It's hard to believe. But that's kind of how we do stuff. She said it with a loud voice. Something that's amplifying what's going on. Something that they're carrying is lifting what they're saying. 
But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now, I have no reference whatsoever that Elizabeth had, had, had a moment there. She was speaking and praying, and, and God showed these things to her. I do have an understanding that there's an unction. The Spirit of God has come upon her. And when the Spirit of God comes upon her, you shall prophesy. Not you can. You shall. Can't prime it on your own? Come on and try it. Can you teach me how to prophesy? No, no. When the Spirit of God comes on you, things will start coming out of you. They will speak to the generation below you that will bless them, honor them, fill them, encourage them, stir them, lead them, and affirm them. She said, why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting. Notice here. She didn't really say as soon as you said. There's a unique way it's described here. She said, for indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting, there was a voice within your voice, there was a sound within your sound, there was something that wasn't natural, but it was, there was an unction, there was an anointing on it. Friends, I hope you're getting this. I know it's not common church and message as usual, but church ain't going to be like it used to be. Church is going to have an unction on it. It's going to have an anointing on it. It's going to have a sound within the sound. It's going to have an effectiveness in it that's going to rock people's worlds and fulfill the principles and plans and promises of God. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, mothers, hear me again. What goes in your ears can get into your womb. But listen to me. Those who have not yet shall still have. That's the promise. God created you to be productive. She said, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. (laughs) The same spirit... They brought the anointing of John the Baptist. That's who's in Elizabeth's room. Who's going to be the forerunner, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. For the one who is in Mary's womb, Jesus, said, I have no greater joy but to hear the voice of my Lord. Left for joy. Left for joy. Is what's being spoken in your ears causing your spirit man to leap? Are you excited of the days to come? Friends, we're, we're, we're sitting on the threshold of the greatest revival there's ever been. The greatest move of God. I know it's dark, but the greatest miracle that was ever happened in life uh, was the miracle of turning darkness into light. As you stand to your feet. Life begins in the womb. There can be spiritual influences. Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit. How could she get filled with the Spirit? Do you remember who's in Mary's womb? Jesus, the baptizer of the Holy Ghost. I mean, in his infant stage, he's in the womb for a a month. He's already baptizing John the Baptist. One generation is excited for another. 
I want to say this. Young women need older women in their life. Older women need young women in their life. Oh, wait now. I didn't say older women need to teach younger women everything and be the one. No, no, no. That generation got something you ain't got. Now, that generation is carrying something you and I don't know anything about. That's the same for men as it is for women. We need to be in this thing together, not, for, not to prove our ministry, not to prove who we are, and that our way is the right way. No, the only thing we should be sharing is what we're carrying. She said, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Remember, she's prophesied. Elizabeth's flowing in the prophetic here. She's speaking these things over Mary. Don't you think that Elizabeth needed an affirmation, a confirmation? Now she's given Mary one. But she said this, Blessed is she who believed. I want to ask you, are there any believers in here? Said, so blessed are those who believe, for there will be fulfillment of those things which the Lord has spoken. I want you to be able to walk home with that today. There will be fulfillment of the things the Lord has spoken in your life. And that which he has promised, all of his promises are yes and amen.